Welcome back to the exclusive Builder Funnel Radio mini-series, Profit Bleeds with Todd DeWalt. As a reminder, in this mini-series, Todd and I dive into eight different profit bleeds that are causing your construction business to lose money. Solve these profit bleeds and you'll have yourself a solid, profitable construction business. Each episode has practical, tactical strategies for eliminating profit bleeds and putting more cash back in your pocket. All right, let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode and the final episode of Profit Bleeds with Todd DeWalt. Todd, welcome back. Long time no see. Yeah, thanks, Spencer. <laughs> so in this episode, we're going to dive into a couple more. And the first one is unsolicited charity. So what is unsolicited charity? We're just giving stuff away. Here's what this looks like is it's when you get an invoice from your subcontractor and then you say, hmm, I never, I don't remember anything about this. And you send it along in the form of a change order to your customer. And then three weeks later, they say, I didn't think I was going to have to pay for that. And you end up going back and forth between the plumbing subcontractor and the homeowner. And then you find out that one Saturday morning, the plumber was out there roughing in the bathroom and the homeowner happened to go in on their way to the grocery store. And, and the plumber said, so are you going to put in like a rain shower head here? And the homeowner said, oh, that's a great idea. Can you do that for me? And the plumber says, I got you taken care of. And they do this extra rough in and they send you the bill and the homeowner says, oh, I, I, I don't remember approving that cost. And you end up eating an additional $600 or $1,200 worth of cost, and you don't get paid for it. So unsolicited charity is doing work for free and paying for the labor, the materials, the overhead, spending your time on it and not getting paid for it. And it sucks. That one stings. Yeah. And I would imagine that happens too when somebody's out there, like you said, with the, the plumber example. But then if you're just not clear about getting your change orders in place and having them documented, signed, you know, so you've got that proof because I'm sure a lot of stuff just happens over the phone or, you know, something like, oh yeah, let's do that. And so you, you just try to get stuff moving. Is that Mm -hmm. where you see a lot of the problem is you don't want to halt the process to get the signature? That's typically what happens is, well, another typical situation is, hey, um, the cabinets are set in a house, for example. And it's time to install the countertops or get the the countertop guy out there to measure. So the superintendent calls the office and says, hey, can you schedule the countertop guy? And then the office is like, oh, we never got a selection from the homeowner. We got an allowance, but we never got a selection. So, hey, Mr. Homeowner, uh, sorry, but you need to pick your countertop by 5 p.m. today or there's going to be a delay. So that pisses off the homeowner, puts them in an urgent situation. So they scramble around, they go point at some countertop and okay, we, we got our selection. That selection goes to the countertop guy. He rushes out there. Everything lands in place. Uh, we're all the hero, right? Got done on time. And then the bill comes up and that countertop, you had a, an allowance for basically a plastic laminate countertop and they picked out quartz and it's $8,000 more than the allowance. So then what do you do? They picked it out and 
you can say, you as the builder can say, but you had a $2,000 allowance and you picked out a $10,000 countertop. And they'll say, yeah, but you didn't tell me that. I didn't know how much it cost. And you had, I had this gun to, you had this gun to my head, basically telling me I had to pick it out. So then you end up eating some or all of the costs and then nobody's happy. So it, there are so many situations like, like that, paying trade partners for, for work, but not getting paid, uh, paying more than you should get more than you actually get paid for. Um, another one is, is getting handcuffed to projects. This is a little bit less obvious form of unsolicited charity, but toward the end of a project, you hear these words from your client. Hey, while you're here, Hey, while you're here, can yeah. you do this hang pictures or move a little stuff around and you don't, you can't, or you feel like you can't charge enough to make it worth your while. So you get stuck doing $200 a day worth of work when you should be doing $2,000 worth of day worth of work per day, getting on to the next one. Another, another big one, this is a sneaky little form that I'll just throw out there, doing estimates for free. Doing lots yeah. of pre-construction work on the front end and not getting paid is unsolicited charity. Yeah, lots of different types, actually. You know, so let's maybe start with the either the subs or you know the kind of the plumber example or just the fire drill example. I feel like those are you know similar in that you're. How do you so, how do you tackle those? Yeah, yeah. With your, you need to have this holistic approach. You need to have a system in place that sets the expectation with everybody that says, this is how we handle change orders. So that process would include steps like, all right, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, the expectation is that if you have a request, you're going to submit that into our system. And I'm a big fan of co-construct. It's what I recommend to builders, remodelers of all sizes, even general contractors doing commercial work. So one piece of advice is if a homeowner has a request for a change or a potential change, have them submit that. Telling a plumber or telling the lumber delivery guy or dropping a note in the mailbox, whatever, that's not legitimate. So one reason people get hit is they, with unsolicited charity, is the customer forgets things. Like, oh, I don't remember that. So you end up doing work for free and everybody else remembers exactly what happened. So having a process that includes customers submitting a request for a change in writing electronically, preferably set expectations with your subs and trade partners and suppliers that, Hey, here's, here's what you're going to get paid period. If the homeowner comes to you and asks for something and you want to get paid for it, you better come to me first. Otherwise, you're going to eat it. And if you want to do that, if you want to be a philanthropist and you want to donate work to their project, by all means, do it. But don't send me an invoice for a change without a change order. So just having a, a purchasing process in place is key. And the other root cause for a lot of these problems is just poor planning, just waiting until the last minute when there's no time to react, no time to check pricing. So my advice is push all of those selections and decisions from the clients as to an early start date instead of late finish, early start. Don't do it as late as you possibly can. Do it as soon as you can. Go through all those selections, 
reconcile all of your allowances, have your client sign a change order that reconciles everything that says, this is what we're going to build. Even if it doesn't cost more, just clarifying what you're actually building and having them sign off, that's going to protect you. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting just hearing you go through all of these and kind of reflecting back to some of the other profit bleeds that you've gone through. I mean, when you really just think about it, you're just trying to identify that that problem, like where is the issue? So you have a plumber that sends you a bill and you're going, what? You know, but you're going, okay, but this happens in all these different instances and it's solved by one, you know, one thing. It's communication and having a, a process in place for how you, you tackle that. So I liked what you said earlier too. It's easy to just rush in and jot down a policy and, you know, throw it out there. So you need to do it thoughtfully and in putting these things in place does take a little more effort than just saying, oh yeah, just have a system or have a policy. You know, we all know it's not that easy, but well worth it in the end. Definitely, definitely well worth, well worth it. And one thing that I will uh, throw out there, I mentioned one form of unsolicited charity is doing estimates and pre-construction work and selections for free, design work for free. How do you solve that? It's with a pre-construction services agreement. So instead of going out and looking at somebody's project, giving them a budget, doing value engineering, maybe if you're like, if you make the mistake I did years ago, I would put together plans and spend 30, 40 hours with these people only to find out that they wanted to get six bids, they weren't qualified, didn't have the money, didn't have the land, whatever the case was. My best advice that solves all of those problems is pre-construction services agreement. So get paid for doing all of that upfront work. It's super valuable to you, super valuable to them, and it's, it's a game changer. Yeah. Great advice. You know, you're going to do a better job because you're feeling good about it. You already got paid for your time. And so you actually want to do it right and you don't take any shortcuts. And then that produces a better outcome. Plus they're more invested. So yeah, great advice. (laughs) What better way to qualify a lead than to have them write a check? If they're willing to write a check, they see the value in working with you. You become their guy or their girl at that point. And there's a customer contractor relationship there. It just works for so many different reasons. Yeah, that's huge. All right, Todd, final profit bleed, materials. How does this take shape and take form in our daily lives? Yeah, there's, there are a few different ways. One is just straight up wasted material. The, I, I've seen some statistics that the typical house produces like 4,000 to 8,000 pounds of waste. Wow. So quite just, a bit. <laughs> yeah. And if you, if you look around a job site, especially here in the Midwest where we have rain and snow and ice, the projects being done pretty much any time except for the, the dead of summer, the, the, the dead of summer, if that's a term. But if it's in the wintertime or the spring or the fall when it's wet, you'll see lumber all sorts of parts and pieces pushed down into the mud, expensive LVLs and TJIs that are used as walkboards that they don't have price tags. You know, these, these pieces of lumber, they don't, they don't have the price written on there. That doesn't say this is a $47 piece of wood that you're, you're using as a temporary walkboard to keep your shoes clean. That's going to have to be replaced, by the way. 
paying too much for materials. A really prevalent one, especially on bigger projects, is damaged materials. If you move drywall around a few times, you're going to lose a lot of it. So double handling, having material placed at the job site too early, and it has to be moved or worked around. There's just a lot of different, uh, different profit bleeds there, not to mention just paying too much, leaving money on the table by paying too much and not taking advantage of some, some opportunities to save money when it comes to buying materials. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode with Todd DeWalt. I wanted to quickly let you know about Builder Funnel Academy. We only open the doors twice a year and it's quickly becoming a top digital marketing training platform for residential remodelers and builders. For over a decade, our team has been helping residential construction companies 3X, 5X, and oftentimes 10X their lead flow. As you know, leads are the lifeblood of any business because leads turn into sales, which turns into cash. And the main reason companies fail is because they run out of cash. To learn more about Builder Funnel Academy and get on the wait list, go to builderfunnelacademy.com slash VIP. If you're looking for more predictability in your marketing and sales funnel, check out Builder Funnel Academy. We'd love to see you inside the program. Remember that's builderfunnelacademy.com slash VIP to get on the VIP list. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, let's talk about that one a little bit. How do you how do you avoid paying too much? Are there a couple of steps you can take to take advantage of bulk discounts or just opportunities that you're maybe not always looking for? Yeah, this one is a little bit counterintuitive. The, the typical approach says, if I want to get the best pricing, I have to shop every job to different suppliers. And I've seen some research that showed that in this case, builders who set up a relationship with lumber suppliers ended up paying like 10 to 14% less over time. And because of that relationship, that relationship that says, I'm going to buy all my material from you and we're going to negotiate pricing. Since that supplier knows about the volume that's coming, that supplier can provide good pricing, first of all, but then also other services that they may not give to other one-off clients like free delivery or expedited delivery, takeoffs, estimating services, training on products, discounted pricing. And then there's also the, the opportunity to join groups that, where you can be in a buying group or a, a rebate program and buy all of your appliances, for example, through some particular program that has negotiated a, a discounted rate. And then maybe you even get some sort of rebate at the end of the year. So number one would be build relationships with your suppliers. Look at them as long-term relationships as a partner, not just a supplier that you're buying two by fours from. Look at them as a, as a partner. And you can get so many more services from them and get better pricing as well. So those are just a couple of things you can do to to reduce your cost. And and think about this. I can tell you, um, at one point, I spent three hours negotiating pricing with a supplier. 
and ended up saving about 500 bucks a day, every day on material. This was buying gravel in this particular case. So in this case, I had to take a holistic look. And, and I was buying gravel from a quarry that was about 45 minutes away, using my own trucks, paying my own drivers, buying the tires, the fuel and everything. And there was a quarry, literally, I could see it from my office. But for some reason, the company I was with didn't use these guys because they were more expensive. So I did the math, realized how much I was spending on tires and fuel and labor and trucks and maintenance. So I approached the gravel supplier and said, here's, here's how much gravel I've been buying. And I want to buy it from you. And I want you to deliver it. And I want to pay 15 bucks a ton, something like that. And we negotiated back and forth. We paid a little bit more than that, but I ended up saving $500 a day holistically in labor, fuel, trucks, and maintenance by spending about three hours. So look at, yeah. look at your material, look at the materials you're buying consistently, go negotiate bulk pricing with them, take a holistic view and, and be intentional about your, your material purchasing. Yeah, that's huge. Well, let's talk about the the other kind of example you mentioned where you've got material on the, the job site, but it's getting trashed or people are walking on it or, you know, it just gets damaged for whatever reason. What are some things you can do to avoid those types of things? Plan better. In two words, just plan better. Think about, here's how the typical delivery goes on a job site. And I've worked on crews, I've managed projects, I've managed businesses. Hey, this delivery guy's here with the load of pipe for the plumber. Where do you want me to drop it? So like, I don't know. Where's the plumber? He's not here. He won't answer his phone. Where should I, where should I drop it? So first of all, somebody has to stop what they're doing and go respond to this truck driver, who's typically this unhappy looking guy who just wants to get back on the road. And so it just gets dropped somewhere. There's an empty spot, put it right there. But there's no plan. So what the guy that dropped it in that empty spot didn't realize is that empty spot was empty because they're about to run the electrical service in. So now the pipe has to be moved. And every time stuff gets moved, probably gets damaged or gets lost. So number one, plan better. Have a, have a site logistics plan. If you have a, a busy site, dedicate staging areas for each trade. Tell them, this is where you, this is your area. This is your zone. This is a no-fly zone. Don't drop anything here. Schedule deliveries. I, I've worked on high-rise projects where hook time from the tower crane is huge. If you want to get something up onto the 16th floor, you have to schedule hook time with somebody. And that forces people to plan. So each trade scheduled their deliveries and they got hook time at certain times of the day. It's just planning. This is when deliveries come. Tell people, don't bring your air handling units and sit them on the job site six weeks before they need to be there. Just in time delivery. So have a plan, make sure stuff shows up just in time, and then break up deliveries into phases. If you have a 12,000 square foot wood framing project, don't deliver all the lumber. Deliver it in phases so that it doesn't sit out of the weather and that it doesn't get damaged and it's much more likely 
to get put in place in good, shiny new condition. That's awesome. Yeah. Todd, I feel like if if people just solved one of these eight profit bleeds we've gone through, it's going to be a world of a difference. And I mean, these are super tactical things that people can, I mean, good examples. I can visualize these things happening. I'm sure people listening can, and then easy steps to take, like maybe a little bit difficult to implement them, but with with minimal to, to moderate effort, people can can make these moves. But I really appreciate you joining me on this mini series. If people want to learn more about you or get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, well, I appreciate it, Spencer. A couple of things that I'll, I'll share. Number one would be to, to check out my podcast, the Construction Leading Edge podcast, and it's on podcast players all over the place. If you want to eliminate profit bleeds, then one of the best resources I can share is a masterclass that I just collaborated on with Co-Construct. Actually, Spencer, the other Spencer P in the construction industry, Spencer Paget, a mutual friend of ours, and I spent about six or eight weeks collaborating and putting together a masterclass on how to eliminate these profit bleeds. So we, we have a six-week masterclass that does a deep dive on the things we talked about, how to drive your schedules. And you'll learn some really powerful strategies. And strategies are great, but what's even better is how do you put this in place? So in the masterclass, you'll also learn how to make it show up in co-construct, which again is my go-to recommendation for, for builders and remodelers. But the feedback has been tremendous. There have been, it's not just for new builders. It's not just for expert builders. There are people who've been doing it for 25 years, building immaculate custom homes who said, who said, this is one of the best things I've ever done. If you have another one, I'll sign up for it. It's great for people just getting started so you can develop good habits. And it will be open for enrollments periodically. And the best way to, to check that out is go to buildermasterclass.com. And if enrollment is open, you can check it out. Otherwise, you can get your name on the wait list and be notified when things do open up. But it's, it's the best thing that, that I've ever done as far as helping people put systems in place to make their business more profitable. Awesome. Very cool. And we'll make sure to put that link in the show notes for you guys listening as well. I haven't taken the masterclass, but I've known Todd for a long time. And we've had had a few different podcasts we've done together. I've been to one of his events. I would highly recommend checking that out, especially just based on what you've heard in this this little mini series. So Todd, thank you again for joining me. Uh, This was excellent. I think people got a ton of value out of it. My pleasure. Thanks, Spencer. Hey guys, thanks again for tuning in to another Builder Funnel Radio original mini series. If you're liking the content we're bringing your way, please, please share the podcast with a peer. If this brought value to you in any way, all we ask is that you share it. Now, there's a few ways you can do this. If you know someone who can benefit from this information, please send it their way. Hit that copy link, send it through text, send it through email. We'd really appreciate it. You can also leave us a review over on iTunes, or you can tag us on social media. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn and tag us there. We're on a mission to help tens of thousands of construction businesses become the best version of themselves. So if you got value out of this mini series, please share it. 
And as always, I really appreciate you listening in. We'll be bringing more Builder Funnel Radio original content your way very soon. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Thank you.